Hello and welcome to the Blackadder's Employment Team podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. We are aiming to help you navigate the murky and often difficult world of employment law and make sure you keep on the straight and narrow with your staff. Welcome to season one, where we're covering disciplinaries or formal hearings where someone might be dismissed or fired. Our aim in this season is to guide you through conducting your own disciplinary procedures from start to finish, making sure you keep in touch with the law. Welcome to our second in series of eight podcasts. My name is Simon Allison. I am head of Blackadder's employment law team. This series of podcasts is aimed at managers and business owners who require to conduct disciplinary proceedings. This includes formal disciplinary hearings with any of the outcomes from verbal warning right through to dismissal or summary dismissal. In this series, we intend to provide you with the eight steps you require to ensure you conduct a fair dismissal. Throughout the series, we'll be focusing on misconduct. So we're not talking about performance-related dismissals or ill-health dismissals. It's purely misconduct or gross misconduct. If you're not sure if that applies, listen to our previous episode, Step 1, Where Do I Start? Today's episode, Step 2, is entitled, How Do I Carry Out an Employee Investigation? To answer that question, I'm joined by my colleague, Jack Boyle, highly rated employment lawyer, Associate to watch, according to Chambers and Partners 2017 rankings. Um, hello, Jack. Hi, Simon. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Thanks for the kind introduction as well. It's truly humbling. <laughs> okay. Okay. So today we're talking about investigations. Um, you know, we're not suggesting you need to be Sherlock Holmes. You know, in one view, it would be sheer luck if you had Sherlock as one of your investigating officers. Do you see what I did there, Jack? I see what you did, Simon. I'm going to choose to ignore it. It's a really horrible pun. <laughs> that was a good pun. There may be more. Brace yourself. So, let's start with the first question. Is an investigation actually necessary? What's your view on that, Mr. Boyle, highly ranked associate? Yeah, well, I mean, my view, Simon, is yes, investigation is necessary. You know as well as I do, investigation, that's the crucial stage, the fundamental stage of the procedure. Um, the ACAS Code of Practice, that's the... Um, yeah, it's about 10 pages, very easy read. Big writing, lots of spaces. That's effectively the Bible for conducting a disciplinary process, isn't it? Yeah. And it basically says, investigation meeting, advisable but not necessary. Employers need to carry out any investigations such as necessary to establish the facts of the case. Okay, so it's necessary investigation to establish the facts of the case. So I guess in some situations, an investigation would not be necessary. You know, if I were to give you a headbutt in front of um, witnesses today... Please do. <laughs> it might happen. I couldn't deny it. Um, people would have seen it. But any point in investigation for that, do you think? Well, yeah, I suppose I can understand why you might think all these witnesses, you don't need to investigate it. But I could be on medication or maybe you've provoked me during the day. So there could be a lot of underlying explanations. And I reckon an investigation is worthwhile, isn't it? You yeah. want, it's kind of to get to the bottom of the situation. Headbutt may be, may be appropriate in the circumstances, given um, the type of my style of management, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely stick, not carrot with you, Simon, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so basically what you're saying is investigation is not always necessary. You need to reach a sensible view based on the circumstances. It's probably fairly obvious in most circumstances from the facts. Don't overanalyze it. You know, you don't end up losing your Miss Marples over the issue. Miss Marple, she, was she an investigator, Simon? I'm not too sure that that pun's appropriate. For it's valid, so. Jack, it's valid. She was a super sleuth, that's what I'm talking about. So, 
What are the timeframes for an investigation? Jack, what are your views on this? My views about that, well, we, again, you, I'm going to keep going on about the ACAS code today. I'm, anyway, that's what you need to look at. And what that one says is that it's important to carry out the necessary investigations of potential disciplinary things without an unreasonable delay. So that's the key. Uh, I don't really know what that means. What's unreasonable? It's kind of it's typical lawyer speak, really, isn't it? How long is a piece of string? Yeah, I suppose it depends, doesn't it? I mean, the situation where you discover an act of gross misconduct, the headbutting in the office, which will happen this morning, um, when that's discovered, people would see it, need to investigate pretty quickly after that. We couldn't say, okay, we'll wait for six months, wait to enjoy Christmas, wait for the new year, then discipline. In that case, that would be um, unreasonable delay in taking action. Yeah. What about if you only just find out about it and it maybe happened a year ago, but there was you know, unforeseen circumstances, there's no way you could have known about it. Yeah, I suppose if something comes to your, comes to your attention which you didn't know about before, it wouldn't be wrong to say, well, that happened a year ago, but I only discovered it the other day, therefore I'm going to take disciplinary action in relation to that. That would be okay. I mean, you want to obviously take action as soon as you possibly can, um, and if you haven't taken action for a few months, you're probably too late. Um, if you try to take action after a few months of knowledge of misconduct, you know, you'd probably be in a sticky wicket, and you may well be up the Jonathan Creek. You're really going to go with Jonathan Creek right now, Simon. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay, um, so how should you decide who should do an investigation? What's your view, Mr. Boyle? Yeah, I guess, well, ideally you want to have somebody that's, um, you know, somebody that's got a sort of strong personality, potentially fairly senior within the organisation. Because uh, what the ACAS code says is that different people need to carry out the various stages of the process. So you've got to, if you can, separate out investigation and then a different person needs to do the disciplinary hearing. Um, I suppose that's kind of fair in my view because otherwise if the person who does the investigation does the next stage, then they've probably prejudged it and formed a view about whether the person's innocent or guilty. Yeah, I suppose in that case you kind of have to be you know, as crafty as a fox, Mulder. <laughs> What's a fox, Mulder? That's the guy, Mulder and Scully, investigator. X-Files. X-Files, okay. So, um, there we go. I mean, I think that's a valid point, Jack. Although I can foresee situations and problems um, where you have only one person, a sole trader, a sole owner, um, how could you deal with that then, having one person hear the investigation and someone else hear the disciplinary hearing? That surely would be possible in that situation. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean... The ACAS code, it does allow you a little bit of flexibility. It does say, you know, wherever practicable. So I guess if you are a sole trader and you genuinely don't have anybody else within the business that you you can lean on to do these different stages, then you're going to have to do it yourself, aren't you? Yeah. Potentially, if you've got deep pockets, you could uh, you could get an HR consultant or maybe pay your hourly rate, Simon, and get you to come <laughs> in and do it. But My hourly rate is very reasonable, Jack. Sure, I mean, I think that the, the, the message is read the ACAS code read the instructions, and do what it says on the Tintin. Check the Tintin, gaffer. <laughs> There's an investigator there, Tintin. Tintin wasn't an investigator. <laughs> he was too. Okay, so let's talk about suspension. Um, in what circumstances can you suspend an individual? What's your view, Jack? Well, I mean, we, you always see these clients, don't you, that they, just, they kind of do it, the ad hoc, knee-jerk. As soon as somebody puts a foot wrong, we'll get them suspended, get them out of the workplace, I mean, I think there are cases where suspension is appropriate, but my view is that an employer always has to, I suppose, use a bit of the thinking time. Don't just approach it and say, I'm going to suspend you. Is there really a risk? You know, why would you suspend somebody? Maybe there's a, they're going to intimidate the witnesses. Yeah. 
I mean, I think in these situations, you, you really need to, as an employer, um, do what you need to Scooby-Doo. <laughs> no? I like that. It's probably the best one yet, so the best of a bad one. But you just do what you do need to do. And in a way, I guess if there's a real risk to the employee staying in the workplace, you'd want to suspend um, with pay um, and do that. And, and I guess that the ACAS code also says that you need to suspend with pay. Suspension should be as brief as possible. Um, and it also says suspension should be kept under review. So perhaps a good tip for employees who have been suspended would be to ask when the suspension decision will be reviewed by the employer. And what happens with regards to pay? Pay, well, my own view is that if somebody's done something really bad, then why should they get paid? But I know that the ACAS code provides for something different from that and that it needs to be with full pay, which so, sticks in the throat to my mind. But Yeah, I suppose that incentivises the employer to conduct the investigation pretty quickly. So what three takeaway points do we have from this episode? Okay, so the first point is decide whether investigation is necessary. If a manager is in doubt, it's probably best to err on the side of caution and have an investigatory meeting. Um, that would be point number one. Second point, prior to commencing the investigation, don't just dive in head first. Get your ducks in a row. Think about the timings of the investigation. Who's going to conduct the investigation? Is that person appropriate? And perhaps most importantly, have I left somebody senior uh, who can carry out the disciplinary hearing if necessary? Yeah, I mean, it's about front-loading preparation, isn't it? Plan, plan what you intend to do. You know, it's not rocket science. You don't have to be a clever Dick Tracy. Well, well, well. That's the best one so far. What about the third? What's your third point to wrap it up, Simon? Well, I suppose um, we spoke about suspension. Suspension is important. Read the ACAS code um, with regards to suspension. Don't just suspend automatically. Think whether suspension is appropriate. Um, that'd be my third point. Is it a big read, the ACAS code? No, it's an easy peasy read. What is it, 10 pages, 11 pages? Something like that. Massive, big font, lots of pictures. Well, it's, no pictures, but. It's hardly Lord of the Rings anyway, is it? No. Indeed. Okay, so um, that concludes our second episode in this series of podcasts. Um, as always, we would welcome any feedback you have. If you can, give us a review or a rating on iTunes. We'd like that. Look for us on iTunes. If you can find us, please give us a rating or a review. That'd be much appreciated. Alternatively, feel free to tweet us um, with any feedback or suggested topics for the future. That concludes our second episode. And in conclusion... If you want help with your slackers, call Jack at Black Adders. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, Jack? Is that catchy? Is that memorable? No, I strongly dislike that. Fairly, for, for, fairly forgettable, actually. So okay, okay. Not really something I want to be associated with. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll call it a day. Cheers and cheerio. Cheers. Cheers.